Then put your little hand in mine There ain't no hill or mountain we can't climb And welcome to Groundhog Minute, the podcast where we celebrate the 1993 classic Groundhog Day, one repetitive minute at a time. I'm your host, Dave. And I'm your other host, Sean. And joining us today, once again, is special guest from the Disney Animated Movie Essentials podcast. It's Andrew. Welcome back. Thank you for having me back. Oh, glad to have you back. So, welcome back to the show, and we are ready to talk about Minute 44. Sean? All right, so, uh, Minute 44, Rita asks what Phil's game is, and he says he's just trying to talk like normal people, and he offers to buy her coffee and a donut. And, uh... That's how he gets her. He gets her with the donut. They enter the Tip Top Cafe and take their usual table. And it's all it's all smiles and laughs back and forth till till it gets serious. And Phil asks what Rita is looking for in the perfect man. And wouldn't you know it, she describes Phil to a T. <laughs> well, starts to. Yeah, starts to. So, yeah, we can immediately see Rita's suspicion and hesitation now. On you know she's still like not really sure she's gonna keep that armor up against him I think mm-hmm. on all of his uh, all of all of his questions and I think that's why he has to say the normal people talk he has to like it's almost like he has to like, calm her down like hey we're I, yeah, we're just having a conversation like, he has to like do that or it's like, I'm, well, I'm really I'm really curious about this line though where he says like you know I'm I'm just trying to talk like normal people talk isn't this how normal people talk is has he had so many days that he's so removed from his own humanity. That he's trying to relearn how normal people talk. I think so. I think so. I think like like his life has been just like a, a deadening depressive drug at this point, and he's like, no, I'm I'm gonna like I have to try now to be persony. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, yeah, and I didn't. Well, I didn't even think of it in terms of the the loop that he's stuck in repeating Groundhog Day. I just thought that that's something that he had trouble with. Before this all happened, just regular Phil. He's just been such like a, a narcissist. Yeah, and... to, to have an honest conversation, to like, yeah, have a, a sincere interest in someone else for for them and not just what they can do for you or how they can help you or how you can use them. I kind of I, I got the feeling like this was something that was hard for Phil on a good day. And then mm-hmm. you compound the fact that the only thing he's been doing for the past who knows how many years at this point, but all he's been doing is timing out armored car movements to, to run a bank heist or just getting information from women so he can trick them into going out with him. So like it, it ha- and on top of whatever personality issues he came in with. Yeah. It's been a long time since he's had a real conversation. There's like, like that. I kind of like, that's a little, that strikes me as there's a little bit of sincerity in that. Like, I'm I'm at least pretending to try to be normal. How am I doing? Am I you normal? Know, this is this is really interesting because like you talking about it as something that he's had kind of long term mm-hmm. got me thinking about like what is Phil's psychological state at the beginning of the movie versus at the end and all of those things and I think the point of this movie is showing that he improves his psychological state and moves towards positive psychologies um mm-hmm. as opposed to negative ones and so I um I did a, a quick double check. Uh, I think he does actually exhibit um, the elements of what's called the dark triad in psychology. Mm. I like um, the sound of that. Mm. And it is 
a combination that they find in people of narcissism, Machiavellianism, and psychopathy. And so narcissism, uh, characterized by... This is coming from Wikipedia at this point, so I'm not pulling this straight out of my head. Uh, the narcissism character, characterized by grandiosity, pride, egotism, and a lack of empathy. Sounds like him, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Machiavellianism is characterized by manipulation and exploitation of others and disregard for morality and a focus on self-interest and deception. Sounds like him, especially after he gets into the the loop. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. and then psychopathy is characterized by continuing antisocial behavior, impulsivity, selfishness, callousness and remorselessness yeah and so i'd say he he definitely seems to have those at the beginning of the film and and into the loop and and in some parts of the loop it's it's even accentuating those uh those traits and then by the end of the loop he's more selfless he is empathizing with people and i think part of that um the empathy in particular i think comes from from the sequence with the old man and I think that's later. Yeah. But part of this film is, is dealing with the fact that like, he's definitely not a good person at the beginning of this movie. And by the end, mm-hmm. we take it to, to mean that he is a better person. But, you know, what it, what is the process? And that's part of the, the arc that he's going through. Yeah. Um, the, the short answer, like, I, I had when I was thinking about Phil talking to other people was it's kind of like, I, and this is the first time guests have compared this idea of a loop to like a video game where you're doing a certain task over and over again. But it's kind of like when you're playing a certain game that you, you talk to people like an adventure game or some kind of uh role-playing game where it's like, you know, when you first start the game, you're very excited to, to kind of see and talk with other characters, but it gets to the point where you're, if you're playing it so long and maybe you're doing the same things over and over again, you start to see people as more like, it's like little triggers. Like I say, I, I ask this certain question, they're going to answer this certain way, and you and you start to try to break the game. You start to try to you know, see how far you can push this character to see mm-hmm. what other information they're going to give you, and maybe that's what it is. Phil, now you know he gets he starts to see some of these people as only as far as he can kind of get you know any information or any dialogue out of them. Like you know, early in the movie, he asks Mrs. Lancaster if she has deja vu, and mm-hmm. Sean and I theorized that if she actually gave him a solid answer about like. Has she ever experienced it? They might have had like an actual honest to God conversation for a minute, but instead, you know, she just simply says, "Oh, I'll have to check I can the ask kitchen. the chicken, <laughs> the, the the kitchen." Yeah, yeah. And and you know, and so you know, probably, probably Phil sees a lot of these people as that, where they just like they're in their own little ruts, and I can't really get them to go out outside of it. I can't really. Mm-hmm. I mean, he had like to get... with a video game, limited responses. Yeah, limited responses. Mm-hmm. I mean, he gets he gets a half decent amount out of uh, oh, was it Ralph and uh, and Larry? Is it Gus? Gus, Ralph and Gus, R- Ralph yeah. and Gus. When but like at that point, they're already drunk, and he's been like he's like on you know, his probably second cup of coffee after seeing a, a uh, psychiatrist. So like they're like half in the bag, mm-hmm. but he got he, he gets them to they get to talking and thinking about things outside their own little loop. Well, and uh, this, like, your commentary about the the gamifying of the world that he's in Mm -hmm. reminded me of, I listened to a podcast, I think it was an episode of an Australian podcast called uh, Plumbing the Death Star, where they just ask dumb pop culture questions, and I think they did an entire episode, it was, okay, Groundhog Day, how much damage can you do? 
and so they they started running through it and and it was gamifying how how much damage they could do to the town and the world <laughs> in a groundhog day scenario and it came down to it was like do you think you could get it so bad that you get someone to nuke punxatani <laughs> and, and that became like their game objective yeah. it's like can you cause so much havoc that they have to nuke punxatani and 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 so that was like the gamifying version of it, where you you take Groundhog Day into scenario and you have an objective, and then it's like, okay, how do you get that objective? And I think at this point he is switching objectives into it's like, okay, killing myself is no good, being miserable is no good, sex is no good. What if I try to like be a different kind of person? And and now he's trying to establish, okay, what are the parameters of that? What are the objectives? Mm-hmm. What what's my checklist? Yeah. Okay, yeah. When it, I mean, he hasn't he hasn't gotten to the suicidal line yet because that's oh, okay. gonna be that's gonna be around minute sixty when because remember we have to we still haven't gotten to all the creepy shit that he does with Rita because when he realizes that all that creepy stuff doesn't lead to her sleeping with him he then becomes suicidal because he like he can't right. gamify her she's too she's too smart she's too you know she's too suspicious of his of his creep factor. So he can't just one and done her. Mm-hmm. Right. So so he hasn't totally learned that insincerity won't work. You have to like mean it. We're gonna yeah. I mean like like I think the the the, the short answer is when she talks about a guy should be like humble. He doesn't actually give her a solid answer. He's just like, oh, well, that's just me. I'm perfect because I'm humble. I'm it's totally like, humble. Phil, you're yeah. missing the whole point <laughs> of the conversation. You should have an honest conversation. She gives you her honest answer, mm-hmm. and you're like, <laughs> what? That's that's me, baby. Oh, come on. Yeah, it's like, well, Phil, you're not going to learn yeah. this way. Yeah, he was just whatever she says she's looking for in a in a mate. He's going to come back and say, oh, yes, of course, that's me. Oh, it, I think it, it's, it's aggravating, but that's the point of the movie. <laughs> yeah. And I think yeah, it's yeah. um, it's interesting. Like this is this is a comment that I wanted to to talk about for the for the movie in general is what a brilliant idea it is to make him part of a news agency because news is inherently focused on what is different day to day. And now that, and now he's living the same day to day and there is no news. His, his career doesn't exist. Oh my gosh. (laughs) And so like the fact it's like the news, what is new? He doesn't have any new. Uh, And so like (laughs) contrasting like that, the monotony of his day versus being in the news. um, And also like the idea it's like, okay, well if you feel like you're living the same day over and over again and you're working like a desk job, and you need to change things up, you can. And in his case, he was always faced with what's new and different, except he himself wasn't changing or developing or, or feeling anything. And so in this case, you know, you're talking about his need to change. And he, that's what he's not recognizing is that he is the thing that's, he's the thing that's stuck. Yeah. I like yeah. it. That's well said. Well said. <laughs> yeah. Um, I wonder. I, I wrote this as a note here. I wanted you guys to look. Can you go to second fourteen of this of this of this minute? Fourteen. Second right. fourteen. What are, what so are you trying to point out? Well, what is? I was trying to figure out. Like Rita, all of a sudden, looks very far off. I'm not saying she's looking at the camera. She she's looking. She's looking off. And I'm trying to figure out what is this shot. It's in. He, he it's right after he says i'll get you a coffee and her eyes dart off camera almost to the camera like to the fourth wall 
Mm-hmm. And then to yeah. him, and then he goes, "Okay, I'll get you a donut, donut too." I think it's just supposed to be that she's like thinking, like, "I don't think I really want this." And then, like the the way she responds to Anadone, like the the way she acquiesces to to all of this is like fine. It's like really, Rita, you don't have to do things you don't want to do. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because I, I I was trying to follow her eyes. I'm like, all right, assuming she's not looking at the camera. Where is Rita looking? And <laughs> yeah, I Rita, think it's just uh, maybe she's I think like it's maybe to be thinking about what's going yeah. on. But it, it, I, I, I kind of got that feeling. But yeah, looking at it now, it's, she, it's a little bit. It's not just looking away from Phil. She's looking at something, and maybe it's Larry. Maybe he's Larry's coming the other direction towards the van. Well, and okay. That's what she's so at. I looked. I did the math. I went to the map <laughs> oh, of the no. town, and <laughs> I got the sight lines. I, I went there. I, I got, I got a city planner, and we, we, we scaled it all out. <laughs> I and, know there's a map of Woodstock, Illinois, on because in, it's in, real. Yeah, in uh, in Dave's garage, and he's got the red yarn and the thumbtacks, yes, like yeah. making all the connections. So. so I planned this out. I I did the paces, and I she's looking at the jailhouse next to the courthouse. Now, what we know in real life is that this is a uh, Le Petit Crepe, which is a uh, French <laughs> crepe uh, re- uh, restaurant in mm-hmm. in Woodstock, Illinois. But it could be a it could still be a restaurant next to the courthouse. In in Punxsutawney, we can't be certain yet. So maybe she was thinking, not coffee. I want crepes. Yeah, and he didn't get it. Yeah, but donuts and, are close enough. Because he did. <laughs> yeah. Has Phil gone le, le petit crepe yet? We don't know. He keeps going to tip top because he's probably like, oh, whatever. Coffee. They, coffee. they have that wonderful angel food cake. Yeah. Well, I'm, and the cinnamon buns to die for. Yeah, that's why I was kind of curious why he doesn't say that. But he like he knows it's too much giving away. If he says, you're going to get the sticky bun, you're going to like it. And she's like, well, how do you know? He's like, trust me, you're going to see it. You're going to be like, I got to try it. Let's just, let's just cut to the chase there. Yeah. What, I, is, but I, what is your preferred breakfast pastry? Like, donut. are you a donut, cinnamon roll? Gosh. Donut. I mean, I like, I like a cinnamon roll, but donut. Donuts there there are definitely some cinnamon rolls that I would take over like any donut that I've had, but I think at a diner you're probably safer with a donut. Yeah, I just yeah. honestly I I I really just want a simple powdered donut, no cream or jelly. Okay. Mm-hmm. But I, donuts I, over muffins, bagels. Am I donuts allowed? all the way? Well, bagel isn't really a pastry. And yeah, like, I guess it's a different fair. thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, when I said pastry, it really yeah. limited it. I would have like a bagel and and then a donut and then a nap. Because <laughs> yeah. you've just had like a lot of bread. It, yeah. it, honestly, it starts to get a to the point where when you start giving me too much choice, I start going into immediate like just eating breakfast food. I'm like, well, <laughs> I love I'm near the muffin. Food. Am I near a bagel? Am I near an egg? Is there cheese? Bacon? Like I just start to see how far I can push it. Can I get a bacon, egg, and cheese on a bagel? Oh, there you go. Yeah, <laughs> I just I, I'm a I'm a yeah. I'm a big bre- breakfast guy. My no, uh, I my think, wife I think breakfast is the the best meal. It's the best style of food. It's it is pretty good. Yeah, yeah. My wife uh, every once in a while she'll just cook up like four pounds of bacon, and she did that this past weekend. That's and a then, lot of bacon. Yeah, that's like a lot of. Oh bacon. my god! I need to bacon. get married. <laughs> just make it four pounds of bacon. All right, single guys. You know, there's. There's something in it, yeah. Whoa. So, well, but then we don't have to cook for like a week. It's just like, yeah, it's it's you just it's, eat the it, bacon. It's we just eat bacon. It's bacon omelets. It's bacon egg and cheese. Bacon and waffles. It's just bacon for a week, and it's it heats up like 
two minutes in the toaster oven because it's just thin strips. Like it heats mm-hmm. up very quickly or even cold just as a snack. It's, you know, it's a, uh, it's how, like, how a, do you take your bacon? Is it chewy at all? Or is it like extra crispy? I go crispy. I, I am not, I, like I don't crispy. want mine too crispy. Like I would lean way towards the chewy side uh, to keep it safe from extra crispy. That's what I was thinking. Of doing. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't want it. I don't go like burnt. I don't want mm-hmm. it like black and charred, but I, I, I do lean towards the more well done side. Yeah. Like you want it to, to break if you try to bend it in half. Yes. Yeah, it'll, my bacon breaks when I bend it. it yeah. <laughs> I feel I feel like you get it so you could actually just have it like a cigar inside of your mouth, and you just sit there and you you, you bite on it a bit and you put just it a down. bacon cigar. Yeah. yeah, just chewing on bacon. I would. Yeah, I yes, bacon is. Yeah, if I had to like, if I was stuck in a Groundhog Day situation, you'd be having a lot of, and bacon. I could only have one meal for the rest of my life, or until I broke the loop. It would be bacon. And then I wouldn't want to break the loop if I, oh, I get to eat bacon every day. Uh, but at a certain point, you would have had every different piece of bacon that was available in Punxsutawney. <laughs> you, you've, like, categorized them. It's like, no, the third slice in this pack of bacon from the supermarket is the best piece of bacon. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and then you start asking if they got the pork belly. Oh, my God. That's some serious bacon. Yeah, yeah, bacon. I, I got us off topic. I'm sorry about the breakfast conversation. <laughs> oh, oh, you're right. We've never had long-winded conversations <laughs> yeah. about what breakfast we eat on this podcast <laughs> in the Tip Top Diner. Well, I don't cafe. know. We've, I, I know we've, we've had a lot like of diner cafe talk. breakfast? Like diner breakfast? Or... Oh, my God! We're never going to go. This episode's going to go forever. <laughs> but, I mean, like, have you have you talked about, like, diner breakfast versus, yeah. like, All homemade right. breakfast? All right, listeners, get comfortable. Oh, get comfortable. Because I find, like, I like the idea of diner breakfast, but I rarely, really enjoy them. Like, I don't even like breakfast restaurant breakfast. Like, Village Inn or IHOP. I'm like, no, not really. I like breakfast at home. Well, what do you, so what do you order? Well, it depends on my mood because, like, I like all the breakfast food. Although, I'm not big on a lot of varieties of eggs. I I pretty much just go with scrambled or omelet. Those are my, Mm -hmm. my egg options. Keep it safe. Yeah, I like that. Uh, waffles are high on my list. And then French toast. Pancakes are pretty low on my list. Yeah. I'm a big fan of sausage, and it's it's hard to pick between sausage and bacon. Oh, I like country-style uh, hash browns instead of, like, the like uh, grated. What about pork roll? Like, great. I'm sorry, what? What about pork roll? <laughs> I am not familiar with that. Yeah, he's, he's, he's out west. They don't have ta- Taylor ham and pork roll. That's a... That's Sometimes, okay, a good piece of breakfast ham is amazing, but yeah, you can't get them out here. Um, not good pieces of it, anyway. Uh, but I do like country-style hash browns instead of, like, the, the three or greater hash browns, the thin strip hash browns. They're, like, potato squares. So, oh, so you like the, the cubed, like yeah. potato cubes. All right. Yeah. And what do you like? Do you like ketchup or syrup with your scrapple? I've never had scrapple. <laughs> do you put ketchup on your eggs? Uh, maybe a little bit. I would, I would be very light with the ketchup yeah, on my eggs. Yeah. I, I'm more generous with the ketchup if my eggs are going to be mixed in with the, the hash browns. But mm, on their okay. own, like the eggs are going to be fine. Especially if they've got some cheese, then you're good. You do not yep. need ketchup on there. There you go. Yeah. I'm, I'm, yeah. I, sometimes I'll do a little, uh, like a hot sauce or sriracha, but I never. Tabasco comes, comes mm-hmm. with, you know, your plate of eggs in a lot of places around here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I don't usually go for that very strongly. Right. 
Yeah. Now I do. Yeah. Now, now breakfast is a good meal to have at home. I will say the, I mean, the number one thing about eating breakfast out is you don't have to cook and there's no dishes and stuff. But if you enjoy cooking, which I do, then, mm, yeah. then life is good. And I especially enjoy, um, like on a Saturday morning, getting up like 20 minutes before my wife so that I can get the eggs cooked for her the way she wants them. Oh, what a guy. And and she likes to eat her eggs in all kinds of different ways and I don't get it. But, <laughs> but I make them for her anyway and then I'll... Yeah make the eggs the scrambled eggs for me yeah yeah well and and most most breakfast foods are generally easy to cook like they're pretty quick eggs like mm-hmm. i mean you can have you know a completely burnt egg in three minutes i mean they they cook up pretty quick so yeah most breakfast stuff's pretty easy to do i don't mind going out um particularly if, if it's a place if they've got the country fried steak i will do a country fried steak and eggs with mm. the sausage gravy, sausage uh, gravy is the only kind of gravy that should exist. Yeah, oh, it's it's the best gravy, absolutely. And I'm not a big sausage person. I definitely prefer the bacon over the sausage. Sausage patties or sausage links? Patties. That's I think I think that the sausage patties generally better. Yeah, and and I only do the breakfast. So like I'm not a, a a sausage person. I definitely I'm not doing the blood sausage. Uh, <laughs> any kind of any afternoon or evening sausage, I have no interest in. Just but, morning sausages. But just a, a morning sausage. I'll do a morning sausage. Yeah, I'll do a a Jimmy Dean's or a a Jones. We got you know the Jones sausage. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and I'm kind of with you on the on the eggs, particularly if I'm going out. If it's at a restaurant, I don't want to get iffy with what they're doing. Just scramble it or, or omelet. Um, at home, I've been I've, I've I've started to expand with like the over medium. I'm not quite an over easy yet, but we'll see. I do mm-hmm. like the the eggs like done. Everything's dry. There's no yolk sliding around or anything like that. Waffles are good. I will I would recommend if you're into the breakfast food, invest in a waffle iron. And I know mine gets lots of use. We make a lot of waffles. Oh yeah, definitely. I'm I, a definitely like waffle over the pancake. I, I make waffles all the time, and we have a Captain America shield waffle iron. It's fantastic. <laughs> That's awesome. I gotta see. Maybe there's a maybe there's a groundhog waffle iron out there I can get. I bet there is. Yeah. No donuts when you right. make breakfast at home, though. Yes. Yeah, and I never. I you know I don't. I don't really think of a donut as a breakfast food. I think of it, it's more like an afternoon snack. I exclusively think of donuts as a breakfast food. Huh, and when okay. they're a treat at like the office, I'm like, oh, cool. I'm having a donut, but it's not breakfast. But it's yeah, still like right. a breakfast treat. Okay. I can see that. Uh, by law, if you're driving past a Krispy Kreme and the, uh, the Krispy Kreme hot and fresh light is on, <laughs> you have to stop and get them. You have to. You have to walk right in, and then they're like, would you like it right hot and fresh? And you're like, yep. And then it comes right off the conveyor belt, and then they give it to you, and you put it in your mouth, and it, it burns a little bit, but you're like, it's so worth it. <laughs> but it, but it's the good burn, and then oh, there's okay. all that, that glazy sugar to treat that, it right away. Oh, God, yeah. yeah. So is that so, – so out by you, uh, Andrew, is that Krispy Kreme territory you're in? Uh, I remember when they built the Krispy Kreme in my hometown. Oh, so my. it was it – was, was it a – I don't know. It, it was probably not quite twenty years ago, but it was a big deal. Mm-hmm. They're like they're putting in a Krispy Kreme, guys, <laughs> and it's it's still there. They took. Oh, absolutely. I've, right, I've known right. a ton of people who who have worked there. I lived in an apartment that was across the street from it. 
yeah, the, that Krispy Kreme gets plenty of business. All right, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm in. I am deep in Dunkin' Donuts territory. I don't and, know if I've ever had a Dunkin' Donut. They're all right. I mean, it's it's a chain. They're mass produced donuts. They're they're pretty good. They're not the best, but uh, mm-hmm. yeah, we had a Krispy Kreme open a few years ago, and like the first weekend was insane. Like cars blocking traffic lined up around the block, everyone going nuts. Uh-huh. And then I think they closed two years later. Oh, we did, ours did not close down, but yeah. I remember when it got started how bad it was. Mm-hmm. Same thing happened when we got an In and Out burger. We don't even have them over in this this side of the coast. Yeah, I'd see, that's another thing. Like, I didn't really, I don't think we're missing out here on the East Coast. I've I've had In and Out. Mm-hmm. I I think it's overrated. I I wish that I could get a White Castle. Oh yeah, that would be good because White Castle burgers are fantastic. So I envy you guys your White Castles. Uh, closest one was Tom's River, and like. I was like, you know, I love how the movie, in the movie, they're like, it's in Cherry Hill. And we're all like, there's none in Cherry Hill. It's none. And what is that? That's not Cherry Hill. There's not, it's not, it's it's a built up town in Camden County. There's, there's no trees like that. No, real South Jersey problems are like today I got a, after getting my car, I got a, I got a pork leg and cheese and a Kaiser at the diner. And then I went to work and my dad says, hey, I got you a pork leg and cheese and a Kaiser. I'm like, my man, go Eagles. <laughs> so I, I really like this, and, and, and we've talked about a little bit that, you know, this is between good Phil and bad Phil, he's maybe he's getting better at pretending to be good Phil, but we, mm-hmm. you know, unfortunately, we still think he's bad Phil. Uh, right. You know, he's, he's not completely sincere yet. But I really like this little back and forth, this, let me buy you a cup of coffee. All right, and a donut. And then, like, the, the all right that Rita gives mm-hmm. is really nice. Like, it's, it's Just, satisfying. It's a satisfying exchange right there. Yeah. that, that It kind of feels real to me. I like it. And, and she kind of gives a little, like, all right, I'm – she's playing with him a little bit. You know, yeah. she, she's got a little smirk, like, I'm going to pretend – that I don't want to gonna go for this, but like yeah. for sure she was gonna go get the coffee. Yeah. Oh, I'm I'm just going for the donut. You know, I have no interest in 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 having a coffee with you, but you know, I have to have a donut, so I suppose I'll go. I <laughs> I think I think what Rita is trying to get out of this isn't isn't you know a date with Phil, but I think she's like okay, maybe this is him slowly trying to warm up to get trying to get a second impression. Mm-hmm. Like maybe she's yeah. being optimistic with that. Like she maybe she could tell. All right, Phil just can't openly say he's sorry, but maybe he's going to work his way while we're having this back and forth about what he thinks of my ideas about a guy. Maybe we can like yeah. we can mm-hmm. kind of talk and and get a better rep- rapport before we head back to Pittsburgh. Maybe this um, can at least be better than the blood sausage. Yeah, <laughs> and 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 I I think I think the movie's trying to give you that that feeling too because. I was going between earlier movie diner shots and now, and it's definitely the lighting is definitely a little bit more warmer, and mm-hmm. there's more light on Rita than there was earlier. I know that the camera is it's not exactly the same angle, but I was looking at the shots, and she doesn't ever have this much light on her. It's mostly Phil, you know. Uh, at this point in the movie, it's still Bill Murray's movie, mm-hmm. so a lot more lights on him. But I think now, since we have, you know, we're we're getting more to know about more Rita, you know, Rita, she's given almost the same amount of light he is, and they both are like at an equal 
warmth level. And I think the movie's trying to like kind of trick us into seeing if, oh, is this, oh, is he turning a new leaf for Rita? But like I said, you know, when he starts being like, quote, humble, it's like, okay, well, we're not there yet. Yeah. Um, what do you guys think of the response she has when he, ha- when, when he asks, like, what do you want out of life? And she says, what everyone wants. And in this order, career, love, marriage, children. It, it sounds like it's, it, it sounds canned. It sounds, it doesn't sound like Rita. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think, and I don't, and it's the thing is, I don't think Rita wants to give him what she really thinks. I think she's still giving him some, some top top layer stuff she's not giving him anything Mm -hmm. does she think that that those things are legitimately what everybody wants career love marriage children yeah i think she was a little maybe a little maybe a little rebellious in the in in like the 80s maybe she's like oh (laughs) this is what everybody wants i want to really capture some like some really good news i want to write a really good book that's gonna about the philosophy of people i think that's what she was thinking in the 80s and so she says, "Oh, this is probably what Phil wants to hear. I'll just say mm-hmm. it." Well, so I, I mean, so so Andrew, I mean, what do you do? You not like that answer? Do you question? I, I those think, priorities. I, I agree that it sounds kind of canned, and mm-hmm. I'm curious. Like, I, I don't think that's legitimately what she thinks about, and what she is like moving towards in life. That's I don't think that's legitimately what she wants. I think she's saying it because she thinks that it's what she's supposed to want. I think it's one of those cultural things where she's like, the the cultural influence says that these are the things that matter, but it's kind of a weird balance because she says career first, Mm -hmm. but then she also says marriage and children like in that, that lineup. So generally speaking, those are considered, you know, opposite um, elements, you know, the, the popular thinking, especially in like the eighties and nineties was moving towards, Pick one, career or family, mm-hmm. especially for women. Yeah, well, when we see at this point, she's at least so far she's picked career. Yeah, she seems she seems career woman. Yeah, I mean at this point, so it's ninety two, ninety three. So so Andy McDowell, we don't get an age for Rita. Andy McDowell is thirty three, thirty four. When this is made, so she's yeah, early thirties, let's say, mm-hmm. and which means that like there is still time for for marriage and children. Yeah, but yeah, but the the, the clock is ticking. Yeah, but it, it definitely but yes, it time. demonstrates that she's yeah. prioritized career, right? Um, you know, in in some way, and not just in in the fact that she said career first out of all the things she mentioned. Um, but yeah, like at at that point, you're looking at like. Maybe like two kids, probably not not four kids. Mm-hmm. Most yeah. likely, I mean, I I don't want to limit anybody, but <laughs> yeah, you know, if, if she was prioritizing, you know, marriage, children, and then career, it then she'd be like definitely not following through on that. I just think it's interesting. It's like you know, career and then love, marriage, and children. It's like, is career that important to you? Well, yeah, and that is this kind of a, a strange answer, particularly what we learn about Rita later, mm-hmm. because as, as as Phil will point out, you know, we'll we'll tease out of her, she wasn't a journalist major, or she, you know, she hasn't been, she didn't grow up wanting to be in broadcasting. Mm-hmm. Now we don't know exactly how she got from French poetry to TV news producer, but yeah, in terms of 
she she's not following a lifelong dream. Maybe it yeah. became a dream. Maybe it became her passion at some point. Maybe this, you know, TV news producing is, you know, it is a passion. It isn't just a job, but it's it's not a lifelong thing. It's not something that she she grew up always wanting to do. Um, yeah, so I guess I guess it's a good point that that answer is kind of a uh, going back to, you know, Phil. Phil has been kind of shucking and jiving and 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 playing games with with people for so long that you know, it's like the boy who cried wolf. Now he's he's trying to get a real conversation or move in that direction, and he's still getting the canned answer. He's getting oh you know, what everyone wants: career, love, marriage, children. You know he's not getting he's not getting sincerity because he hasn't been giving it, and he's he's yeah, he's still not giving it. I mean, he 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 fools us with this scene, but we'll we'll. But it doesn't really pan out. Yeah, it doesn't pan out when he when push comes to shove. You know, it's easy to be nice making conversation here at the diner mm-hmm. when uh, when when push comes to shove. We'll see if he's changed, and and we'll see he hasn't yet. Um, my other question is when he goes into. Uh, who's your perfect guy? You know, describe the the perfect man. And I know I don't get a, a lot of the actual discussion of that. Um, I just get the the element of being humble. But I was curious um, because when I was dating before I got married, I did establish like my cri- criteria that I was that I was you know working with through through my dating cycle and like okay, what am I looking for? And I knew other people who had lists of of various lengths. <laughs> um, <laughs> Like, like I had some friends and, you know, one person was, was talking about it and another person said, it's like, yeah, I just have these two things that are really important. And like the rest of us kind of like look at each other and like, and, and somebody's like, well, yeah, those, those are on my list. They're, they're part of my list, but you know, the implication being like they had a much longer list and, and I worked it down to like four things, but I was curious if you guys had, had stuff for, you know, if you're, you know comfortable sharing <laughs> i don't know so dave i don't know if you want to take a stab at that first uh <laughs> i'm trying to think because i have not really oh, yeah i'll i'll i mean I'll, I'll i'll give you time to think dave i'll say i'll come up and say i did not have a list because i am not that organized <laughs> <laughs> it was kind of like the person in front of me you know okay can i stand you yes no do you know are you entertaining me? Are you making me laugh? Yes, no, and then well, you know that's a that's a list of its own, even if you don't have it like yeah. codified. And like I said, I worked mine down to to four things, um, and and like it was really specific for me. Um, so like one point was that I could have a, a good conversation, like I could talk and not get tired or bored, mm-hmm. um, and I felt like that was true of of her. Um, so conversation and and like thinking stuff, mm-hmm. um, physical attraction, because sure. like I think it's fair for people to be shallow, um, at least a little bit, uh, in in appropriate ways. And was like, look, I w- I want my wife to be attracted to me, and I want to be attracted to her from a physical perspective, and I think that's fair and legitimate, as shallow as it may seem, <laughs> um. And then uh, for me, there was uh, a religious component, a spirituality thing. So I wanted to be on the same page with my wife as far as what our thoughts were on, on, you know, the meaning of life and things like that. 
Uh, and then the, the fourth element was that she had to like me. And that was a tough one to find. <laughs> that turned out to be the, the toughest one. I'm yeah, sure. that was the, the trickiest one. Every time I thought I had all three, uh, then it turned out it's like, oh, it's that fourth one. There, she's got to love me. Darn it. Reciprocation. Ugh. But yeah, that sounds like a good list. And it worked yeah, I, out well for you. It it, you know? it has. And I've never had anyone say that uh, they had a big problem with my list. So uh, it, it has worked out for, for me and my wife. And I'm happy. <laughs> I th- Okay. All right. I'm going to give you just a tentative idealistic. I mean, yeah, the, the tractor thing that makes sense because, you know, you have like, you have like the, the, the microscopic bacteria in you that's like attracted to another bacteria of that person and you don't know because your brain's made of bacteria so you don't really know if it's your own free will attracted to them or not so you got to keep that factor in mind uh then there's yeah conversational um mm-hmm. you have a good conversation i think i want to throw this one in there i think this is an interesting one their favorite movie not saying it has to be the same as yours or even in the same genre i think the idea i have here is whatever their favorite movie is they should have a good reason for like like a good like maybe a three sentence reason of why it's like their favorite movie. Not just cause like maybe not just cause it makes me feel good or it's a nice romantic film or it makes me laugh. I like for it to be kind of like, it's like I went into like so much detail of why I love Die Hard that I feel like if somebody <laughs> had that type of emotion toward any film, they could pick, they could pick something as cheesy as Titanic. But mm-hmm. if they had a good reason of why I'd be mm-hmm. like, all right, I don't like Titanic, but God bless you. I think you have a good point of why. Where it's not just like, oh, wasn't Rose and Jack so romantic and made me swoon? Like, yeah, no, come on. So, so you're using this this movie choice not necessarily as being about the movie, but as evidence of a, a thinking, feeling soul. Yeah, I mean, recently, and Sean's heard the other side. You know, heard me complain about this a lot. I like Sicario is slowly going to the top of my list. Every time I think about it, like I'm at work, I think about it. When I'm at talking to other people, I think about it. When I'm like thinking about how much I don't like Star Wars right now, I think about Sicario. And I'm just like, it's such a perfect tragedy film for me. Like it just like, it goes to places I never thought I would go in movies with characters. And like, I'm like, I may start putting this above Die Hard soon. Like that's how... Like and I and I oh have a good and I have a good like exactly and I, exactly Sean's heard this I go into like crazy rant reasons of why I think this so if somebody put that kind of effort into a reason of why they like whatever movie it is because I, I would lead it into good conversation you go okay let's have this back and forth and you tell me why you believe that film is good okay cool and I believe it. I think that's I think that's a good I think that's a good thing to have on the list. I, Sounds fair to me. Okay, yeah, because I'm I said, like I said, it could be a movie that I don't personally care for, but maybe you can actually sell me on it with how about the reason of why you like it. And right now, I'm I'm paused at 55 seconds, and <laughs> what I think is funny is that the two of them are obviously looking at each other because they're talking, and maybe it's maybe it's you know probably something there, but but we have Nancy framed in the background between them, but very very blurred out. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm thinking that's, there's like, for Nancy to Phil is very, you know, is very background now. Like he couldn't get anything. He couldn't get that conversation out of her. You know, as I said, like the fact that he wooed her with a marriage proposal and she didn't question it 
says something about you know Nancy. She she doesn't have her like list. She doesn't mm-hmm. have her prep because like I think I think Nancy's a little you know maybe a few years younger than than Rita. Maybe she is thirty. Maybe she's like on the edge twenty nine thirty. But she doesn't have that list, and you know she's kind of like not say stuck. She's stuck in her ways, but she's kind of like resigned to just being this this woman in town. Like you know, I, I already talked about the whole story of Nancy and how it's it's sad that we don't really get to see her have friends. Like she seems to have a nice conversation with Doris. Maybe here, I don't mm-hmm. know. She hasn't sat down yet, so it's like clearly they're having a conversation. It's more than just a business transaction of what coffee you want. Right. Well, um, is she just is she just getting in, or is she getting up to leave? I would I would think she's getting sitting down because I don't know I don't think she sat there with the newspaper that long, but maybe she has like maybe she has they've been sitting at this diner long enough that she's read her newspaper and maybe she is getting ready to get, leave and she's just wishing Doris goodbye for the day. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to watch it and she's kind of fiddling with her coat and gloves, but. I don't know if they show her enough to say for us to tell for sure if she's sitting down or, or getting up. I was because I my thought was maybe this kind of implies that there's that this conversation has been going on. There's some part of this conversation that's that's been cut out. And, you know, Rita and Phil have actually been having, uh, you know, a somewhat sincere back and forth for a while now. And, you know, just to contrast it from the earlier scene where Phil passes Nancy as he's leaving breakfast, whereas here, oh, Nancy's leaving before they get up because yeah. they're talking longer. I think so. And we mm-hmm. never heard the plate crash. So that might have happened long ago. Yeah. So I'm thinking, yeah, that, that the plate crash already happened. Nancy gets up and leaves like this is yeah. they're they're talking for longer than than yeah. what we see here. Yeah. Phil hasn't ordered any like anything else. He's not ordered the plate of pancakes and donuts. They're just sitting there and. You know, I mean, I half half of the it's like two of them are putting half the effort into the conversation, you know? (laughs) Right, right. If they each put half an effort, they'd still only have one half an effort. (laughs) I stole that from the Dumb and Dumber trailer. Right, yeah. They each had half a brain, they'd still only have half a brain. Yeah, unfortunately, we don't get back to that same angle again in the next minute. So we don't see if Nancy's sitting down or if she eventually leaves. So, um, that's gonna a, a mystery that mystery. you'll yeah. never resolve. <laughs> we'll never know. We'll just have to keep watching the movie till we figure it out. <laughs> um, now, so I've, I have a question for you, Andrew. Yeah, if you don't mind, and and not I'm I'm gonna get away from um, from the particulars of this minute uh, for a little bit because you know <laughs> we haven't done that at all today. Um, so I was wondering. So uh, so Dave and I have a theory, and I think was it. Was it Tabitha Carlisle that, that, that first pointed it out? I forget who it was. One of our guests that, that kind of pointed out um, that Mrs. Lancaster has got some part of this. And I'm, I'm on board. Like, I think she, she, she knows more than she's letting on. And in fact, I think she may be in on it. Like, she's some kind of, not necessarily the devil, but <laughs> she's some kind of supernatural force. She... She's some. She knows what's going on. There's something funny with that B and B, and she's involved somehow with what's going on with Phil. Uh huh. And I just kind of want to get your, your your take on on that theory. What, I, what do you think about Mrs. Lancaster? I think she's she's just bless her heart a a dumb old woman running a bed of breakfast. Uh, I I do not think she could connive to save her life. 
But I okay. do think that the bartender in the hotel is probably God and uh-huh. knows exactly what's going on because of the way he looks at Phil uh, later. <laughs> he, he just has a knowing look while he's cleaning a glass. I'm like, that guy knows what's going on. Yeah. He knows everything. Yeah. I mean, at first you think, oh, you know, he's seen this. He's seen these cheap moves in his bartending career forever. But no, but I yeah, think I think he's watching be. Phil. He's like, Phil, I'm I'm keeping eye. But that's the only theory that I've ever had on it was that yeah. the bartender knows something, and that possibly there's there's a day when uh, Phil gives the old man a ton of money, and then I think it's a different <laughs> day when he finds the old man on the street, and the old man seems to recognize him, and I think that the old man is is getting a glimpse of what's going on because he keeps dying. But Whoa. that's all his role. It, he's not. He's not. You know, part of the cause or or influence. He's just got a little extra glimpse of what's happening because he keeps dying and coming back. Mm. So he remembers Phil from different days. Oh, that is trippy. Interesting. But that's that's my theory. But I I think Mrs. Lancaster is absolutely innocent and bless her heart, just dumb as a stick. <laughs> All right. Well, well, we'll we'll keep an eye out. We've got. I think we. I think at this point in the movie, we've only seen. Um, we've only seen that bartender once, but he'll come back. And I there is something going on because he definitely, you know, he gives the look like I'm a bartender. There's I've seen lots of people hitting on other people and and trying mm-hmm. to like hook up or you know make you know but it's almost like he knows phil specifically but yeah it's different like he he gives larry when larry's trying to make the moves on nancy at the bar like he's definitely getting a look from the bartender but then when phil is kind of working with rita and he's you know we see the loops the the day and day and and um you know as he's tweaking his his method and kind of seeing what works and what doesn't work with yeah it's like it's like the bartender is observing the method yeah, and he he gives it's a different look. It's not the same. Oh, there's a man hitting on a woman in my bar. Look, it's, it's like oh, you're making progress, Phil, but yeah. you're not there. Oh, you know yeah. Well, okay. So so I just yeah. realized. I mean, my my take on on Mrs. Lancaster aside, I mean, our theories don't have to be mutually exclusive. The bartender could be God, and Mrs. Lancaster could be the devil. Oh. We could have we could they're have a fighting over play. they're fighting over the soul of Phil Connors. They're fighting over Phil's soul. Yeah. Oh my because, gosh. And and it's and it and because they're both, you know, operating within hotels, temporary residences. Oh. You know, that's what they're dealing with. The B and B versus the you know, the is, big time hotel. This is some John Wick level stuff right now. I like now. it. Well, cause it makes sense because what do we see the the bed and breakfast is really it funneling Phil to the bad Phil. Yeah. The first depression. time he tries to kill himself is with the toaster in the tub mm-hmm. at the bread and breakfast. Whereas it's the, the interactions he gets at the hotel that are more redeeming that are, yeah, that are turning him towards more of the good Phil. But, and, and but he concludes he does... good Phil in the hotel playing the piano and, and the, the auction and stuff. You're right. I mean, he does jump off the roof of the hotel though. So is that does, what that one is? There That's is one time bad. where he yeah. jumps off the roof. So we have to keep that in mind. That's true. That's true. But maybe it's in a way he wants to talk to God, but in a very perverse yeah, the, way. Yeah, the hotel raised him up to that top floor. He just didn't know what to do when he got up there. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. he only fell because he is a fallen man. So this is, it's a battle over Phil's soul. Oh my God. This Between is the it. hotel and the this bed and breakfast. The this and the bed is and breakfast. judgment day. Yeah. <laughs> 
I believe it. I believe that the, the kind of person who would own a bed and breakfast and would have strangers sleeping <laughs> in their house is the devil. I that's that's very believable. Man. I believe that. Whereas yeah. someone who is a bartender who is providing spirits and joy and, and good times, that's a god. Oh man, and just all these all these people <laughs> in this town. I mean, Phil can see all the strings, you know, and and yeah. Lancaster. And the barkeep, they're just pulling all the strings, man. They're out there. <laughs> they're putting it into the water. <laughs> oh, okay. All right, that's 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 what I got. That's clearly that's clearly <laughs> the end of me. Yeah. So so uh, yeah, I'm 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 done. <laughs> but uh, so so Andrew, anything else on on minute forty four or Groundhog Day or? Groundhogs and, and woodchucks and whistle pigs. Anything else you'd, you'd I, like to I share? I think this is a fantastic film, and I'm so happy that it was made. And I've yeah. enjoyed it for years, and I intend to enjoy it roughly annually for many, many more years. Awesome. Yeah, I concur. Yeah. I, I, um, I buy into all those sentiments. I agree. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, so thank you very much for, for joining us and enlightening Absolutely. us. Andrew, and and so one more time, if folks want to hear more of what you have to say about some some different but also very good movies, uh, Disney Animation Minute Essentials, we're part of the Dueling Genre Network, where you'll find a number of other movies by minutes podcasts. But yeah, Disney Animation Minute Essentials on on the internet for podcasting on Facebook, all that stuff. Yeah, and we'll we'll put a link up. I don't know if we've 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 said it. We've we've said that we have a website, and that <laughs> website is groundhogminute.com. What I don't think we've said before, forty four minutes in, um, is that we we put links. So when we have a guest and they've got a website and they've got their own podcast, we'll put a link up on the website to uh, to the podcast or whatever the guest has got going on. So yeah, if you're interested in um, in Dame. In the, the Disney animation minutes essential, and that's you know, you know they're good because they've got an acronym for their, <laughs> their podcast name. I mean that's the sign of quality right there. But yeah, so if you're interested in in uh, you know a link to to Andrew's site or any of the other sites for our other guests, you can you can find that on our site uh, at groundhogminute.com, and you can also find us on Facebook and and join the conversation in the uh, Gobbler's Knob, the Groundhog Minute listeners group. And we are also on the Twitter at Groundhog Minute. And I'll just give you a heads up. If you if you tweet at us, if you Twitter at us, or if you reply to one of our Twitters, um, you may not hear back right away because I am still trying to figure out how Twitter works. <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah. Just, just, just send your messages to me. Five yeah. minutes of mystery. There you go. Five minutes of mystery. Dave's good with the, the technology and stuff. So that yes, that is it for us today. We'd like to thank you all for listening, and we will see you tomorrow, if there is one. And a donut. And a donut. And a donut. Alright.